Welcome to the Wellbeing Podcast. Welcome into the room and into our conversation surrounding well-being in its many forms. I love how you said Gutierrez. Yeah. <laughs> like, make sure I capture that. You know? <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Sophie Matthews, the host of this podcast. Today, we have Israel Gutierrez. He is the manager of the print lab of the Desma Media Arts Department at UCLA. And he has a background in fine arts and illustration design, or in other words, cross-media design. In his spare time, he designs toys and fabricates art pieces for his friends. All right, Israel, thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're so excited to hear about your new chapter, this chapter of life where you are a father and you have a little bundle of joy. <laughs> and we're interested to hear about how that's affected your well-being. So what has the transition been like for you? Was there anything that was surprising about fatherhood? Well, I, I think the, the biggest surprise is to, to realize that kids are organic, that you have this kind of this idea about once you have your child, you know, things shouldn't be as hard as what people usually tell you. You usually assume people are exaggerating, mm. but it's real. <laughs> it's like... Um, the the main challenge has been trying to find your rhythm kind of with your with with like with your partner your your child and yourself mm. in trying to figure out how you can all go on the same path and have the same almost same sleep schedule as mm-hmm. as uh, as my baby's name is Sofia Valentina so trying to find the same sleep pattern as, as Sofia mm. um, and we've uh, I, I think we we finally succeeded in finding harmony in our sleep and hopefully this doesn't make me jump back a little (laughs) in the next few days but it's 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 been challenging and rewarding wow you're coordinating three individual schedules and you all have your own lives but now you're having to navigate that together so it seems like sleep is where you kind of center the schedules yes um my my girlfriend, um, she's a school teacher. She was on a maternity leave for about two and a half months, and from from having Sophia to now, we've always had the conversation of we have to get on a on a schedule. We have to make sure that we we're talking to each other mm-hmm. and that we're addressing our baby's needs. Mm. So it's it's been a little difficult. Um, Susie went back to work uh, last week. Mm-hmm. So that made our schedule kind of change a little. So we've um, just from reading a few books and just talking to other parents, we created like a sleep pattern for her, which starts with um, turning on this aroma candle. Start with lavender scent, then we um, turn on uh, the white noise, and all this starts around six o'clock, six thirty. Mm-hmm. So that way the baby starts understanding that these these cues mm-hmm. are cueing her to to go to bed. Um, and we have this really awesome device, which is an electrical bassinet, which is called, called the Snoo. It's um, designed by some people at MIT, and mm. it's been a lifesaver for us. <laughs> it pretty much rocks them to sleep. And when the baby's fussy, it kind of goes a little faster, mm. and it creates a different type of noise. It has about four different levels of kind of speed. Mm-hmm. And the first time we got this announcement of what's like because you're able to personalize it i'll say 
Sophia needs your attention now. Please go Ooh. see her. It was like I was in my studio. My girlfriend was um, Susie was um, at the kitchen table, mm -hmm. and we both ran out, out <laughs> to go see her. Alarm. She's like, "You got the alert! You got the <laughs> alert!" So it was kind of a kind of interesting to see that. Yeah. yeah. Does it message you on your phone? On my, or? On my phone. So it has a it has this this new app, which keeps track of uh, of her sleep pattern, mm. and it and it's interesting how at such a young age now we start collecting data yeah. on their on their sleep progress. I can remotely change like the setting for her, so it gives me a, cool. gives me a log, so I can see the long the long blue ones is how long she's napped. Is this for the today or uh, this was for last? yesterday Tuesday oh. seven eight. So I'm able to see that the long, it'll tell you she slept a total of 13 hours, 16 minutes, five naps, um, and wow. the longest sleep was seven hours and 40 minutes, which is like the, kind of the, the achievement, that's <laughs> when you know, at least you're emotionally and physically like, we've succeeded on yeah. having her sleep at night. Wow, you really constructed an environment that really helps her i think it's great like you're starting when she's a baby um to have this nighttime routine that i don't think many people or many people don't have prior to having sophia we didn't really have a schedule uh, my schedule was pretty much go to bed around 10 or 12 mm -hmm. in between that let's say 11 and get up at four in the morning um my girlfriend uh probably around 10 mm -hmm. and she's up by 5 five thirty. But now we're like, we're forcing ourselves to go to bed. She goes to bed around nine, I'm in bed by 10. Mm -hmm. But Sophia is in bed by seven. We give her her, her night feeding, which is uh, starts around nine o'clock. Before was when she would be waking up around two in the morning. Mm -hmm. We would give her what's called a dream feed, which is like you okay. pretty much feed them while they're asleep. <laughs> so that way they don't wake up crying or screaming. So you pretty much just like drug them with milk, <laughs> so that way they just pass out. <laughs> so that so that was taking at night. That was taking about maybe 20, 20 30 minutes to feed her and burp her mm -hmm. to make sure that she's not waking up and is conscious that she's feeding. To then waking up maybe at five o'clock and feeding her again, mm -hmm. and that's when she was like fully awake. How do you feed a child when they're sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as hard as you would think. Mm. You know, like, even even the way you lift them and you sit them on your lap, the kind of a sitting position, mm -hmm. they're aware of what's happening already. As soon as you sit them up, the way she, like, just puts her little hands on her chest <laughs> and is waiting to be fed while she's still asleep is pretty funny. Wow. <laughs> and then she's just guzzling. It's like a reflex. I yeah. Think, maybe. yeah. So this so this morning we uh, did our, our, our second seven hour sleep. Um, it's funny to see her wake up mm. and as soon as she starts stretching, she does her little farts, <laughs> sit sit her up, and feed her, and she's like guzzling so fast mm -hmm. that we have to do what's called pace feeding. Mm -hmm. where you give her the bottle for a few seconds, you pull out the bottle for another few seconds, and you increase it by either one or two seconds. That way they slow down. Mm -hmm. It takes a little longer, but in the long run, it's, it's about her well-being, that yeah. she's not taking too much milk, that yeah. she's not taking too much air into her, I assume, her stomach, mm -hmm. um, which then gives them colic and they burp and all that. Mm -hmm. So 
it's it's been fun. Yeah, like rhythm is something she's really learning, and that you are helping her to learn, um, even with feeding. Mm -hmm. From what we've read, and we had a lactation specialist was about kind of uh, her well-being in trying to train her not to overfeed or to feed her too fast. Because mm -hmm. again, it's we're humans, we're organic, and no matter what you read or what you're learning from other people, mm -hmm. your your child is gonna be its own its own independent thing. Yeah. I think instead of fighting for her to be on your schedule, she's really dominated our schedule mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. to kind of be more aware of her needs. And as we're parents, we, we should be secondary and she should be the primary person in our household. Mm. It's so lovely to hear you speak about yielding so much of yourself and your time to your child. You're not getting sleep, but <laughs> yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> it's definitely worth it once you... Um, you, you see their smile, their expression, you kind of put put the whole stress of being up for a few hours or having to like wait to use the restroom, wait to shower till she's like happy, mm. till she's comfortable. Um, hopefully it continues, mm. but it's been extremely tiring when we first came home from the hospital, it was feeding her every hour and a half to two hours. Mm. So my girlfriend and I weren't sleeping, mainly her, because she was pumping and feeding, pumping and feeding. Mm -hmm. um, so we got to this point. And as for her, I know for the first few months, first two months, Sophia would now be three months next week for the first two months. Mm -hmm. I came home one night, one day, and she, you can just see how tired she was, mm -hmm. how fed up she was. I walk in, and without saying a word, I knew exactly what was going on. Mm. Um, so I immediately like took the baby, walked her around, and gave my girlfriend some time to kind of settle in, take mm -hmm. a shower, and just kind of relax a little. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as soon as she hears the baby do one little cry, she wants to run into the room and take care of her. Mm. And I tease her as if, I thought you needed your space. And, they, and it all comes back to it, but that's my baby. I take care of my baby, which is, again, it's it's beautiful and rewarding. I never thought, because people always tell you, oh, your life's going to change. Like, you're going to see things different, and mm. it is true. Mm. You do. Wow. Yeah, that's so wild, honestly, to think about how disruptive this is for from the rest of your life and how different it is. And how that's a testament to really true love, parental love, <laughs> of being happy when she's happy. Yes, yes. Since the, about a month and a half of, since her birth, we force ourselves to spend more time with each other and her, just for our mental and emotional well-being, is that we, usually when I get home from work around 5 o'clock, mm -hmm. we take her and the dogs out for a walk, and we just kind of just check in with each other. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Like, what's stressing you? Yeah. Um, now that she's working, uh, some of our conversation is, you know, how is work? Mm. How are your kids at work? And and it seems to kind of help us kind of get through whatever stress we're get, going mm -hmm. through at the mm -hmm. moment from work related or just personal, um, just to just to be out out of our house mm -hmm. and just kind of socialize with our dogs uh, and the baby. Yeah, so I love how she's also incorporated in your downtime. <laughs> yeah, she, she has to. Mm -hmm. She has to. It's it's. We can't ignore her. Mm -hmm. We don't want to ignore yeah. her. 
and we were learning to change even our own behavior to try to be best examples for her mm. just even in the way we treat each other the way we treat our dogs we want her to kind of participate mm. and know that you know every, you kind of have to work for everything not saying that we're perfect not saying that every walk is perfect mm. but you know it's it's acknowledging that we we kind of need to just check in with each other yeah and that's so important for children to be around like warm people especially parents who know how to resolve conflict in a way that is harmonious and she's already learning i'm sure she's already absorbing so much from being around you i hope so so now that you have tended to all her pressing needs what does she do how does she experience the world i think one of the things that we've kind of noticed immediately at least in the at least kind of around two months mm. is the way she kind of focuses on light mm. um, the curtains in our bedroom kind of like dazzle her mm. they just amaze her as the way she's kind of just staring into them and you can just see her little eyes track the movement of light and mm. kind of the curtains in anywhere in, in the house that we take her to you, even if we have blinds you see her kind of just looking around for like these light things for like I guess things that have like strong contrast mm-hmm. um, and she's like extremely hyper aware of these things where I think she'll notice kind of the the curtain swaying more than seeing the dog or hearing the dogs bark mm-hmm. like she just becomes kind of hypnotized by like these patterns of light her eyes kind of mm-hmm. get wider and she just like smiles and laughs <laughs> so what I started doing when we have her on this little moving moving little seat that when I want to get her attention I first have to stand over her and kind of like move my hands around with my fingers open Mm -hmm. and she'll notice the light that's in there and then I kind of bring it to the front of my face Mm -hmm. and she sees me then (laughs) because I I think we're so constant with her that we're not entertaining for her anymore Mm -hmm. till we're performing (laughs) for her so just the way she's like discovering things is like pretty amazing yeah. to kind of be a part of that. As soon as they start hitting three months, they start kind of seeing a little clearer. Mm-hmm. So to kind of, um, to trigger her is to kind of make our expressions a little livelier. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're smiling to overdo a smile, to extend your eyes, and she catches on to that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's starting to try to mimic so we're so we started with sounds like we would just be like uh Mm -hmm. and you see her just her eyes kind of moving around and then tries to do your sound Mm -hmm. it's pretty it's pretty funny Mm -hmm. just to see that and you know it's just of course i'm in love it's it's uh it's it's beautiful Mm -hmm. to see your child do that you know this thing about connection um when my when my girlfriend Susie started breastfeeding she had a lactation specialist come in and kind of talk to her because her milk wasn't coming in as fast or as much and the nurse told her have you have you held your baby topless once a day mm-hmm. she's like no she's like i only did that when she was born it's like no your baby has to smell you it has to be mm-hmm. on your skin mm-hmm. she you have to smell her too to be able to produce because you can't separate you can't separate each other 
you can't have that fabric. You need to have skin to skin contact. Mm. And she did that for for about two days straight, and her milk came in. It wow. was so weird and beautiful because that's nature. That's our human instinct. Mm. You know, her body figured out that she has this newborn mm. that needs to feed. So her milk has been. She's been feeding her. You know, ever since then. Mm. So there's always that. Even though we mainly bottle feed her now, there's not a day that goes by that that baby's not latching on her breast. Wow. To kind of continue that. That's so beautiful and so amazing. Oh, I love how it's like a such an integrated experience. It's just it's magical. <laughs> it is. I, I. It is magical, and I and I think Susie didn't really go through any like postpartum depression. And I do believe it has to do with just kind of having her baby with her and seeing the baby happy and spending spending a little over two months with her. Mm. Um, it has. It, there were a few instances where it was hard, where you just change her diaper and she uses the restroom again, and you got to change the diaper within ten minutes. There's these things that of repetition that you kind of get tired of, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like you're seeing your baby grow. Mm-hmm. And that's also weird mm-hmm. that you put them down for a few hours at night and then you lift them a few hours later and you're yeah. like, oh my God, she's a little bit larger. <laughs> she's a little bit heavier and it almost feels so foreign or alien that, uh-huh. you know, I know I do it where I just kind of look at her and I'm like, oh my God, you're, you're heavier. <laughs> like, like you're heavier than you were 12 hours ago. Yeah. You're slightly bigger. Um, not fitting in her onesies fitting one day not fitting the next day it's just so odd mm-hmm. it grows so quickly it is yeah so I, I think the most interesting thing about like that we're learning not only to care for our daughter is to care for ourselves mm-hmm. we we have been eating slightly healthier as soon as she got pregnant to healthy to way healthier now that we have her because obviously whatever she consumes the baby consumes but the biggest change has been in that we are, even though we, we've been sleeping less time, that our sleeping has gotten so much better with having like the white noise mm-hmm. and like kind of shutting down at the end of the night of like not looking at our devices, kind of having this candle on a timer at night. Our dogs are even sleeping. <laughs> it's so weird it, that we've kind of found a way for us to be more rested Mm, at at night by just you know by the candle by the routine that we're doing by the white noise in the past we would uh, we would fall asleep watching Netflix we'd fall asleep watching reruns of of Friends and we weren't really sleeping we were getting up every few hours hitting play next next because we needed that noise Mm. to now we don't even have the ipad in the room Mm. now we're just kind of sleeping like our baby with the white noise and we just find it more relaxing so i think at the end we were just learning to kind of enjoy our sleep Mm. kind of uh feel okay with going to bed at nine and just kind of being being in in our bedroom with Mm -hmm. our two dogs and our baby with 
with our blackout curtains um, and just kind of being at peace at night. She's the source of well-being, it seems. Yes, yes. Thank you. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to get involved, go to our page www.thewellbeingpodcast.com and contact us for a recording session. We would love to hear from you.